Brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, McLean McGowan. I am feeling pretty good today as I record in the light of the new moon. When you hear this, it'll be a week later, so I hope I'll be manifesting a lot of my intentions and wishes things I'm working on as we cycle through October, which does feel like a big month ahead. And there's so much going on in the world. There's so much swarming here in California. We're dealing with some just crazy restrictions and mandates and just to me what feels like insane overreach. And I know a lot of you are having really big feelings. A lot of you are freaking out. A lot of you are feeling trapped and unseen and disrespected. And a lot of you are awakening to these feelings for the first time. So I just want to say, I really see you and I really feel you. And we keep going through different layers of this timeline, of this portal. And some of these things I was awakened to a couple of years ago. And so I know what it feels like. And As the layers keep peeling back, I have days of anger and sacred rage. We can use that to our advantage, right? Like anger is a great emotion when it's showing you what is or is not working for your body, for your nervous system, for your life, for how you're treating yourself or how other people are treating you, right? Anger has its use and power, but what we're seeing a lot of is unhealed trauma, which is erupting in anger towards others and this triggering and everyone's just kind of shouting and spouting nonsense to each other because everyone just feels this utter urge to be right because we've been in such a weird time where everything's felt out of control. And when people feel out of control, largely, you know, it's almost like a fork in the road. You can choose to step into the unknown with grace and strength, and it takes a lot of bravery to do that. And have the mindset that your life can actually be way better than you ever thought possible when you stay true to yourself and say yes to things and say no to things that are no longer working. And then the other side is doubling down, white knuckling, becoming way more fierce in just what you know, entrenched in the habits and the patterns because that's familiar to you. Even if deep down you know maybe this isn't really right. Maybe this is someone else's projection. Maybe this is someone else's fear, but it feels too scary to step out into another thing. And, you know, we vacillate too between the two. There's no like wrong or right. It's just where you are and the choices you're making to the best of your ability with where you are in your life right now, in your lifetime, in your karmic wheel, you know, the spin of the wheel. So just acknowledging you all. And as we keep moving forward. My work keeps changing and I'm trying to figure out the best way, or I am figuring out the best way to be of service to more of you that are now feeling pushed up against the wall, especially in California. But know too that we all have the power to create and co-create our own realities each and every day. And I was talking to a friend today. It's almost like when things get more grim, I kind of respond with more uh, positivity. (laughs) in a weird way. I don't know if it's because I'm a mom now and I just got to keep it going. I got to keep it high vibe or if it's almost getting to the comical point, but just know that whatever you are feeling restricted by or trapped by, there's always, always, always a way through the block. There's always a way through. It just is going to take some time or maybe not even time. It's just going to take creativity to sidestep this issue and create new things. And whether that's getting CSA boxes delivered, banding together, creating your own pods, creating your own schools, creating your own outdoor schools, um, creating your own community, buying land with friends, moving out of the cities, doing it even within the cities. There are so many people that 
no matter what you specifically listening to are feeling, you can find your people. It just takes some energy to figure that out. But we are in this time, this time in history that we have never been exactly where we are. And this is a massive human experiment, right? This is an experiment we're living through. And how do you want to be showing up? How do you want to look back in a couple of years and look at your behavior and look at your parenting and look at your partnership? Like, how did you show up? And that takes a determination and a choice each and every day. And like I always say, there are days you need to rest, be silent, hide out, get clear with you and God or spirit, meditate, really, really have the self-discipline to stop looking outside of yourself for any answers. And then there are days we're going to feel fired up and you're going to have so much to share and you're going to use your voice and you're going to, in doing so, give other people permission to use their voice. And that's how this all spreads. We rest when we need to, we go big when we need to. And that takes discernment to know yourself, to know your truth, to educate yourself through all of this. And Through 2020, 2021, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is that I'm my own best ally. I am my own best friend. I'm ultimately the only one I can truly count on and God or spirit and using my practices. And that's not to say I don't have a loving partner, a loving mother, loving children, loving friends. I have an incredible group. You know, I have an incredible amount of people that love me and cherish me and want the best for me. And also at the end of the day, it's me and me, just like it's you and you. You know, we come into this life and we go out of this life having our own personal experience. So it's time to really double down in the self-care, the self-love, figuring out what lights you up, figuring out what you want your life to look like. Maybe it's radically different than it was two years ago. Maybe it's going to be radically different in another two years. And looking at it like life, you get to live it. You know, each day that we wake up is a blessing and we can forget about that because the news, the media, everything that's trying to divide us is dark and heavy and depressing and angst filled and fear mongering. And it takes a lot of light to counteract that. But truly waking up is a blessing. And I've had two people I know die this week, one quite tragically. I've had another beloved family member get in a horrible accident. Uh, Another friend's husband got hit by a car. Like there's a lot of weird and wild shit happening right now. And I don't know anyone that hasn't been touched by some dramatics over the past year and a half. And we need to take care of ourselves. We need to mend ourselves. We need to be very kind and graceful to our hearts and our psyches and ask for help when we need it and be refilled enough where we can actually offer help to those who need it. Because there are a lot of suffering. There's a lot of people suffering right now. And that is because as systems fall, as we feel quote unquote forced to change and evolve, it can feel really uncomfortable and it can feel really heavy. And so we, we need to be helping each other and we need to be in community and we need to take the reins of our life. We got to take the reins now. We got to show up. We got to be the leaders that we know that we can be. Maybe we've been nervous about it or scared to in the past, but it's time. We got to really step up into leadership now. So I'm here for you. I love you. This is a long podcast. My friend and fellow colleague, doula, Georgiana, Georgie. We literally could just sit and talk for days on end. So I'm sure I'll have her back soon. We like to talk about a lot of different things. So praying that you get some nuggets of truth for you to carry with you. And there's a lot more that we wanted to talk about, but we just ran out of time because... We talk about a lot of things. So next time we'll we'll have her on and talk about spiritual practices. But just know that I'm here for you. I'm creating some new group coaching. I'm creating some courses. But in the meantime, the best ways to work with me are mom club and then one-on-one coaching. And I know a lot of you are needing this. And I know it also feels like a wonky time to invest in yourself and because there's so much unknown, but it's actually the best time to invest in yourself because wherever you are, whether you're thinking about conceiving, pregnant, postpartum, a couple of years postpartum, a mom of teenagers, wherever you are on the timeline, you need support as you evolve and step up into more leadership role within your own person as well as your family. So please reach out if you are curious about mother the mother coaching. It's so many things depending on who I'm working with. So I'm working on niching it down in clarity. So if you don't know exactly what it is, please reach out to me. Hello at motherthemother.com. 
and we can just get on a free discovery call and see what's up. Sending love out to all of you. If this episode moves you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show and share it with a mama that could benefit because we are truly creating and co-creating the space for each other so we can all be healed, healing, and rise up together. Sending love out to all of you. J-Ma. to draw a card for us and for all of you listening per usual let whatever resonates come into your sphere and what does not gently drift away back into the ethers from which it came Mm, so my favorite ones clan of the wolf heart we are the ones we've been waiting for okay a little story time close your eyes if you'd like clan of the wolf heart we are the ones we've been waiting for You belong to the clan of the wolf heart. This is a soul tribe with boundaries beyond bloodlines and geography. It is based on soul connection to love's wisdom and higher truths of great spirit. The clan is united through wolf medicine in the heart. These are the qualities of the divine feminine that unify, allowing for a palpable experience of oneness that brings power to our collective wisdom and purpose. Reach out for help from others whilst you honor and respect your individuality and your own unique life journey. Balance social time with taking care of your own individual needs, including the need for time out and solitude to hear your inner truths and renew yourself. Anger can be a sign from the soul, a sacred gift that asks you to deal with a situation to bring about something different and more empowering. Use your anger as a sacred gift with compassion and clear purpose. Fight wholeheartedly when you need to safeguard what truly matters. Be open to a greater guiding wisdom so that you know when to be merciful and when to cut something off completely. Whilst our external identities may shift and change with circumstance, our soul tribe is fixed in the heart of the wolf way. It is the backbone of the emerging new world culture. This began as alternative culture, but it is now growing stronger in numbers, becoming more pervasive in consciousness and influence and power. It is rising up as the saving grace guiding the human race into new order. Because our personalities are strong and we are not afraid to voice our individual truths, we may get our buttons pushed by each other at times. However, when we remember that we are on the same team, fighting for the same greater purpose, we can forgive and encourage each other, not take it too personally, and continue to effectively harness the power of what we can accomplish together. Wolf Medicine bestows the qualities of endurance, inner wisdom, and community. Wolves mate for life, and the wolf clan has an organized social structure that includes a balance between group endeavor and individualism. The social order of the wolves provides support, loyalty, and thriving, and yet wolves are free-spirited animals. Wolf wisdom teaches us how to balance solitude and socialization. It teaches that both are needed for the well-being of ourselves and our clan. Wolf wisdom teaches us to share ourselves without losing ourselves. The howl of the wolf is primal and powerful. It is used to locate clan members or to divine the boundaries of their territory to wolves from outside the pack. The howling wolf is medicine for standing your ground and defending that which is rightfully within your guardianship. If this strikes a note within you now, be aware that using your voice and your energy to set boundaries and claim your space is important. The territory is not physical. That is the way of the ego. The territory is spiritual. Claiming it means reclaiming and sustaining the right state of mind and the expanded consciousness of open-heartedness to the divine that allows you to determine the quality, consciousness, and stability of that space for all beings that seek refuge within it. Wolf medicine is the awakening of the pathfinder, the way shower, the teacher. Wolf can learn new ways and teach them to others. Part of your sole purpose is to guide and inspire others through what you learn to master in your own life. We are the people who can do what's needed. We can fight the status quo, ravage the human mind away from inadequate responsiveness, and elicit soul passion and on-the-ground action to take us from merely salvaging what we can into alchemical eco-salvation and the birthing of a new world order. Let us recognize ourselves as the empowered ones. The divine has blessed the tribe of the wolf heart with intelligence, individuality, social and community values, commitment, and ability to outwit enemies, protect and defend what matters, and adapt to change successfully. May we realize our abilities and use them fruitfully. May we have joyful courage and confidence in who we are and what we are here to do. And the healing process for this is to say aloud, My spirit claims divine territory upon the earth. I trust in the supernatural ability of my soul to determine, shift, and enforce the spiritual territory under my rightful guardianship 
as a way-shower and pathfinder. I accept all divine blessing to fulfill the sole purpose of the wolf way, providing protection and sanctuary for those beings within my care. I give to and receive from my soul tribe with a willing heart empowered in the wolf way. May we be blessed and guided by great spirit to fulfill our destinies and inspire each other as the ways of darkness are overcome by ways of light. And so it is. Beautiful. Well, that felt like a very apropos card pull for today. Yeah. Because that's really one of the main tenets of what we wanted to talk about is supporting mothers and motherhood and everyone's journey into life via mother, via a woman with a uterus that was grown and born into this world. And, you know, with the world and all the changes going on right now, there are so many various narratives that you and I talk about a lot personally. And we really wanted to be here together on this podcast to speak to all of you women that feel similarly. And we both are getting a lot of feedback from a lot of you, our postpartum clients, our pregnant clients, and our motherhood clients who are feeling maybe like they are being thrown under the bus a bit and not respected and not acknowledged. And there are many ways this conversation can go. This is probably just a beginning point. And also, you know, we, we both have very clear intentions that in all of these sorts of conversations, it's okay to be triggered. It's okay to think outside of the labels and boxes that you've thought about before. And it's okay to have discourse because in that way that we can all come together and not feel canceled or judged, judged or erased. Yeah. Erased and we're left out. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's enough room for all of us at the table. It's, it's more of a question of in bringing more cohesiveness, are we actually erasing? So that's one of the parts of this conversation, but just to begin, I would love to know, because you are a postpartum doula and you work with pregnant mamas and postpartum and you do a lot of spiritual work. And how do you feel like you are being called to show up in your work? Like what, what do you describe your career as or the work that you do? Well, I'm always looking at ways that I can be of service. And usually for me, that's helping a family find balance. Because, you know, birth is borderline psychedelic ceremony. It more ancient than cooking, yeah. you know, it's the, the OG birth, whether it's a human or an animal, it's so sacred, so close to God. And, you know, as people, we're quite detached from that in our daily lives. So when it happens, when you give birth, it can be very surreal mm-hmm. and it can knock you off balance and suddenly all of these things that you may have swept under the carpet are suddenly bubbling up in yourself, in your relationship, in your relationship to your own mother, Mm -hmm. in your relationship to your own father, maybe the vision of how you decided, you know, how you wanted to live life suddenly has completely changed because you're realizing that actually maybe you do want to let go of your career. Maybe there are friends that you no longer fit into your life you know it's a huge the the kind of matrix of who you are is forever altered and I I like I love birth because it's talk about alchemy you know it's so much heat so much surrender you know I don't want to use the word pain but it's you know the sensations are it's incredible that your body can generate that for itself that level of kind of excruciating tightness you know heat pain whatever you want to call it sensations contractions waves tides whatever you want to call it it's amazing that that's how babies are made and we're all so comfortable in our culture you know that when it happens to to you or us it's purifying yeah it's really purifying and suddenly you know it's like a huge fever that's the great surrender completely yeah, and, it's, and then suddenly your heart is outside of your body and suddenly you're not the star of the show anymore. I mean, you are, you have to be the star of the show in, in a way, you know, as a, as a new parent, you really need to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you know, it all trickles down from the top. Yeah. I love watching someone go through that because, you know, most times 
I don't want to say every time because that's not true. Sometimes it can bring out the worst in people. But most of the time, it brings out a sweetness in, in the woman, a kind of softness, a sweetness, this sort of humanitarian essence kind of starts to take her over because she now realizes how babies are made. And she now realizes how precious every person is and how, you know, everyone is a miracle. Everyone's a miracle. I know. Every mother goes through this expansion, right? If you have a child and it's the greatest equalizer because you look around, you're like, oh my God, that person had a mom and that person had a mom and that person had a mom. And it it blows your mind because now you know what that really means. Yeah. I think it's something like 400 quadrillion. The chances of you survive, of, of existing is something like 400 quadrillion, something like that. And if you think about it, you know, I wrote a book a few years ago called To Be a Woman. And I was looking at kind of indigenous cultures and having a look at how they approach menstruation and childbirth. And and I came across this amazing line. I think it was in in Africa. They say that um, a human is menstrual blood fashioned into a man. Wow. And I was like, I could have literally been a period. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Every month we bleed, you know, and that is an egg. That could have been a person. It's it's quite amazing. Every birth truly is a miracle. And that's basically my message when I'm, you know, working with a newborn is I like to keep my energy really clean Mm -hmm. and I just go in there like a blank slate, very, very positive energy. And then you hold the baby and you just, you know, I chant in my head Mm. and I just beam over the baby and I'm like you're welcome here well welcome this is your new environment well done for being born Mm. it's really that was an athletic miracle that you pulled off little baby well done Mm -hmm. no matter how which way you did it Mm -hmm. that was hard that took bravery and it was the first time you ever did it and you were so young you know it's like Mm -hmm. we have to respect these beings yes and remember that they're not inanimate robots and they're not inanimate objects they're sentient beings and they are also trying to be born they're born and they're extremely raw they're like little fish that slither out of the ocean their eyesight you know their eyes are so so sensitive to light and their whole energy is just a sponge so that's what I like to do when I'm doing a job that's very heavy in baby care I just sort of hold them I keep everything really serene and like not a negative thought goes through my mind. Mm -hmm. Not a negative thought goes through my mind about anyone or anything or anything happening in the world. It's just like ambrosial positivity because that's the energy that the child is swimming in. And that's the impression that the Mm -hmm. imprint that I would like to give them as their doula. Yeah, and I think that's such a great point because people do not understand the work outside of the work it takes to be a doula, to really consciously be doing it. It's so much of the lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, the self-discipline, the inner work, the constant showing up and neutrality. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same thing when I'm working on the mom. It's I'm constantly chanting just to be Mm. in the flow of light source coming to them. It's the neutrality because it's been kind of interesting being a doula in in America because parenting styles are really different in Europe. And um, I was having a chuckle once with a at a Reiki training with a European lady. She was like, I was name called a European mother and it was an insult. And I was like, ha ha, that's so funny because actually the European style is really quite similar to Rai and it's really quite relaxed and laid back and trusting of the kid and there's so much less neurosis around breastfeeding there's so much less neurosis yeah in general and pressure on the mother and and I would say, say to my clients so often I'm like listen we're not supposed to be doing this alone we're supposed to be in community I'll tell you why mother nature made you forget your birth She did that on purpose so that you could do it again, so that you could reproduce. But guess what? She didn't create a baby that sleeps through the night. Mm -hmm. That is, that's nature communicating to us that when you give birth and that's a marathon and it's a spiritual marathon, 
that can go on for days with no sleep can bring up all sorts of trauma from your whole life and it's the ultimate victory and it's the ultimate act of of unconditional love and it's magnificent Mm. I love going to births the energy that opens up during birth is unlike anything else I've ever encountered on my spiritual adventures it's so deeply inspiring and you need to recover after it you need to sleep you need to receive you need to be a goddess in bed and your your village will rush in and they'll and they'll hold your baby for you so you can sleep we're supposed to have people around us we're supposed to have community children do better epigenetically when they're surrounded by a variety of really good interesting people that are you know, inoculating them with all the different ways that there are to be on this planet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not one way to do anything. I've never met the same baby twice. I've never met, met the same family twice. And I highly doubt I ever will. And so, yeah, back to your point about neutrality, it's like we have to be so adaptable as doulas. And like you have to put whatever judgment that you think you have about the right way it is to parent you throw that out of the window because it's not welcome. Mm-hmm. It's not safe to bring that into someone's home and it's it's unkind. I think, you know, having worked with so many postpartum people, it's like they're in an altered state. Yes, very much so. They're in an yeah. altered state. Birth is a trance. It's a shamanic ceremony. It's the most ancient, most pure mm-hmm. ceremony of, you know, the forces of nature of the elements that I've ever encountered. And it's unpredictable. And it's a surprise, which is such a rare thing in our world now where you can get everything on Amazon.com. But you can't get your birth. You <laughs> no, can't order No one else it. can do it for you. No one else can do it for you. And you can't choose your baby either. Yeah. And your baby has free will. And your baby also has a say in how they want to be born. And so it's like, if your birth story ends up not being what you want, how can you see how that has worked in your benefit? Uh, yes, I was speaking to that yesterday. Yeah. Amen. And we we all have our own lessons. And so what you're saying about not going in with any agenda as a doula or a birth educator or anything like that, because each woman has her own path she's walking to learn the lessons for her karma in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always feel great. It's not what we wanted. I mean, that's how I feel about my first birth. It's not the birth I wanted. And I really had big feelings about that for a couple of years. Mm. And now I see all the lessons it brought me. And I really... Maybe I'm not totally clear with it. I mean, I might change some things, but it got me to where I am on this path. I probably, I may not be on this path at all. So we have to learn what we need to learn. And and I think it's a razor's edge between, you know, sweeping something under the carpet and having a look, counting your blessings and reframing what yeah. happened so that you can see how, how it was in the end a benefit to you. 100%. That's with consciousness and that's with taking the time and doing the inner work and also I think it takes a little bit of space away from the postpartum time because Mm -hmm. you're in an altered state after you give birth I have worked with so many families and women who I start with them the day they get back from the hospital they're in a total altered state they're coming down from so many birth hormones and so much adrenaline and their body just fucking opened. Mm-hmm. They just had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, this is what yeah. I love about birth is it's like, it is so powerful and outrageous and you can't predict it and you can't put it in a box. And the medical the world has tried their best to sort of get, give us some guarantees because, you know, it's nice. Some women really need that. Some people really need that because they're not comfortable in the unknown mm-hmm. or they may have some trauma yeah. that may bubble up when you know they're so vulnerable like that but there's nothing else like it and um yeah so when a woman is coming down from birth or when someone is coming down from birth because you know I've worked with surrogates I've worked I've worked with all sorts of people I think you need to just give them that time to separate themselves from the hormones and just encourage them and be their cheerleader and just remind them to be in the here and the now and to rest to sleep I bring them obviously food and liquid and all that stuff but it's like you have to come to terms with what just happened you have to let the dust settle Mm -hmm. and be cared for during that time and then slowly but surely the birth story reveals itself and I love it's one of my favorite things about my job 
is birth stories. Mm, me too. I could just listen all day. I love hearing about a woman's personal victory, mm-hmm. her finding her power. I love watching the videos of the partner supporting, mm-hmm. you know, the love. And then the look on their faces when the baby comes out is quite possibly, you know, I always cry. Mm-hmm. I cry when I watch <laughs> it on YouTube. <laughs> It's so mm-hmm. hard not to because it's mm-hmm. so poignant. It's, I know. It's such a good word, poignant. It's so poignant and it's so human. Mm-hmm. That love, it's so simple mm-hmm. and it's so raw and it's so, it makes us who we are. And it's, you know, we need more of that in our world. We do. And every birth is truly a miracle. It truly is. I mean, I remember after my first looking around just the outside world and be like, oh my God, that person came from their mother and that person came from their mother and it just it's an equalizer in a whole other way and in kundalini i've been thoroughly trained on conscious conception which is something i'm so beautiful so passionate about yeah, i am too. oh my god that's one of the key points of kundalini that i love was the conscious conception and the prenatal yoga teacher training which i did and i taught for years it's so special and no other to me at least prenatal yoga touches upon it because it's the spiritual awakening to motherhood yeah that starts before baby's actually here it's so delicate and and considerate of this little soul mm-hmm. you know it's really very welcoming you're really rolling out the red carpet when yeah. you when you do conscious conception and i wish more people were open to it i wish more people were open to you know setting an intention before they try and make a baby because yeah. in kundalini the teaching is and I feel this intuitively, the speed and the passion of the sperm as it enters the egg, it sets the tone for mm. the, the velocity of that being, of that of that individual. So it's like, if you're with someone that could take it or leave it, and you're not really feeling the vibe, that might be embodied in your child, a confusion of maybe I'm not really meant to be here. Mm. Mm-hmm. But if you're really decisive, an intention is set. And, you know, you've both been cleaning your bodies and you've both been taking yeah. care of your mental health. It's very respectful of your lineage and it's very respectful of yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. It's just a sign of self-respect and it's a sign of respect for what you're leaving behind. Totally. And bringing a soul earthside is no little thing. I mean, it's a huge deal. Huge. And to house it and to be a welcoming home for a soul want to come into your body. I mean, that's a whole other aspect of it and, as well. And the person you bring in is going to alter your relationship mm-hmm. and it's going to alter you. And you're going to have a relationship with this person that came from the stars. Yeah. And so it's like, why not go all out? Like I say to some of my friends that, you know, they're like, oh, wedding this, wedding that. You know, the average wedding is like 30 grand. And that's not an expensive wedding like I know people are having weddings that are in the hundreds of thousands and that's cool you know celebration of love big fan of that but then when it comes to birth people are like you know they're counting their pennies they're looking at their insurance card and they're complaining about how expensive everything is and you know feeling like a doula should be for free because we're like charity workers whatever and I'm like listen This is going to affect your physical and mental health for the rest of your life. It is going to have a huge impact on your relationship. If you need to choose one, go easy on the wedding. Yeah, exactly. You can prioritize it, but people don't, they can't be bothered. Then when it affects their physical and mental health, they complain, but then they've really done nothing about it. And it takes effort and it takes time. Yeah. And self-discipline. And that's, you know, looping back to whether it's Kundalini or another spiritual practice, really drives home the self-discipline and the self-responsibility, which as we were talking about before hitting record, in general as a society, we're not really doing that right now. Life is challenging. Life brings a lot to us, but we we kind of want other people to take the reins. We're so apt just to give our power away. And that's at least for me, Kundalini, and then us, I'm a Buddhist and I have this a chanting practice. It gives me the inner strength to meet what life is bringing to me. Yeah. And that's really the beauty of it because it's true. Like motherhood, like if you don't want to be tested in every way possible, don't become a mom. Like get a cat. That get doesn't a dog. Need, yeah. Maybe dogs even have a lot of needs, but cats, not so much, but it's like, it's true. I mean, don't get into this thinking it's going to be a little mini you, you know, it doesn't play out that way. Mm-mm. It is a spiritual marathon and it's sacred and you know, mothers are doing it all over the world and yeah. people don't 
really think that they do anything. Which is insane. It's so crazy. I'm it like, makes me just see I'm red. Like, it's a lot. And not every person needs to become a mom. Not everyone is here on this planet to have a child. It's a huge thing. It's a huge lifelong thing because no matter what their age, your heart is outside your body. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And it's hardcore. And also, I'm sure for our own pathology, but also because it's our dharma, we are drawn to work with humans in this way. And we're saying before we start recording, you worked in hospice even before you were a doula. I've done my death midwifery training. I've been a death doula. So it's it's so interesting because I do think that they are the two greatest mysteries and we need support through them. And they're also the greatest rite of passage that I do think you have to walk through ultimately alone through the fire. Yeah, one of my um, girlfriends gave birth at home and I asked her what it felt like. And she was like, I felt like I was being burned alive. I felt like I was dying. And I was like, that sounds really cool. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you for going there. And um, yeah, I mean, I've worked, uh, I, I started when I was 18 at Mother Teresa's in a in hospice and I've seen dead bodies and I've seen dying and I've seen suffering and, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. It's yeah. It's part of life. Suffering is part of life and pain is part of life. And, you know, when you're a yogi, you know, every year, I usually when there isn't a pandemic, I go to the white tantric yoga uh, festivals on winter and summer solstice. And sometimes we have a pose where you're holding your arms up for 62 minutes in a really awkward position. And my arm starts to hurt mm-hmm. and it starts to burn. And so before I put my arms down, I play with the sensation because I'm like, well, it's coming from my brain. My, you know, it's, there's nothing hurting me. Right. I'm not in danger. I'm just, I'm just trying to push through the tantric edge. I'm trying to develop grit and I'm trying to have control over, you know, my brain. So I'll move the pain and I'll visualize it. So I'm like, okay, it's light. Where is it? Is it in my elbows? Okay, can I move it to my wrist for a minute it's to give my elbow a break? Or I'll play with the mantra that I'm chanting in my head. So I'll start to make it really loud so that I'm not focused so much on, you know, the, the pain in my elbow or I'll breathe slightly differently. You know, I'll take a really deep breath of oxygen in and that kind of makes it fade a little bit. It's sort of how can you participate with the sensations? You know, how, how can you participate with them rather than feel that you're backed up against a wall by them? Because, you know, you know, I don't do a lot of birth, but I have done birth and pain is good. It means that your baby is coming. And women are strong. We're, we're wired for childbirth. It's an incredible honor that we are able to do this. And it's an amazing responsibility. And it's totally practical magic. Yeah. Because you're doing it without thinking. It's magic. The fact that you can have those ingredients and then the soul comes from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, the body comes from earth. The soul, I don't know, comes from some other place. We all come from different star systems, I think. And it, it's a visit. They're coming to have an, a human experience. And it's, it's an amazing honor to be chosen to be the tour guides of this young soul. Show them around the planet. You know, show them around. Be the tour guide. Teach them how to feed themselves so they can, they can enjoy a healthy body. Teach them how to balance stress so that they're not caught up in a sort of anxious mind. Teach them how to work with nature so they'll always have freedom. Educate them. You know, it's not so much giving them everything that you wish you'd ever had. Mm-hmm. But it's more, more about watching them play, yeah. you know, at the beginning. As you watch them play, they're basically confessing who they are and what they're interested in. You write a list of all the things that they're interested in and then you expose them to it in a large spectrum and then they can pick out, you know, you further refining it. They can pick out the things that they like and what you've exposed them to and you keep just giving them more of that and hopefully you are raising an empowered, independent, confident, um, happy, healthy person who is always welcome at your home And when they come to your home, they'll always be the receiver of your care. But when they go out into the world, they are also resourced and able to provide 
good vibes, good energy, positive energy, kindness, truth, sharing, caretaking on the planet because that's what we need. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. And I do think, you know, I love something Guru Singh told me a long time ago or told us in the class, which I really took to heart because my kid's at outdoor school today, hiking and scaling mountains. But, you know, it comes to training. And yes, as birthing women and mothers and birthing people and our bodies can do this. And if we're not training for it, we're very scared of it. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, we're doing a disservice by kids too, by putting them in a chair for eight hours a day. Like as we've seen from this pandemic, what are the important things? Water, learning to grow your own food, being self-reliant, being able to go outside and play without, you know, other friends and not being on a screen all day. And these are the things that start young and, and also being able to protect yourself, you know, because we, we're kind of at a fork in the road. It has definitely illuminated to me where I have become lazy or just untrained or not, not fierce or strong enough. And so I'm stepping into that more and more. And I want my, I certainly want my daughters to have that. And we, as a culture, you saw a lot of panic. Like people did not know what to do the past year and a half. So that's why I love working with pregnant mamas and, you know, through Kundalini prenatal classes that I'm sure you've been in. I used to teach. It's so important to train women how to move through all the things you were saying, how to move through those discomfort, how to trust your body, how to ping the energy around so that you can handle the next contraction. Because we are a society that's addicted to fear of pain. And we're addicted to eradicating any sort of pain immediately. It's yeah. like headache. Oh, instead of drinking water, I'm just going to take an aspirin immediately. That's how we look at birth. Like why suffer if you don't have to? It's how we look at death. Why suffer if you don't have to? But what are we jumping ahead of or negating in that process? Yes. It's funny you bring that up because I was thinking about it this morning because uh, one of my first birth doula clients, she was an athlete and she knew that she had to train mm-hmm. physically and you know, fun fact, when you get pregnant, you're not really supposed to change your lifestyle because mm-hmm. you don't want to put your body under stress. So if you if you feel like you're ready to start family planning, then you might want to think about getting ready at least six months beforehand. Yeah, That involves cleansing the body, you know, which isn't hard to do, you know, health dogma is everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, physical exercise is you know, so important for releasing tension in the body and bringing in oxygen, oxygenating your organs, also massaging your organs because you're literally moving and that helps the detoxing Mm -hmm. process, but also stamina. You want to start, you know, doing some sort of exercise where where you start to notice that you're not as out of breath as you were when you first started because birth is athletic. Very. You can be awake for days and there's nowhere really for you to go and I think you know it's beautiful obviously and so needed to have as many choices as we can to offer to anyone giving birth because we don't know their medical history we don't know their personal lives but it's very um it can be very triggering and it can bring up trauma and terrible things so it's so wonderful that we have these choices but I think it's sad that we think that um an unmedicated birth is now considered dangerous you know, I was raised by a long line of matriarchs and my great grandmother was a free birther, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, by she had four kids. By the end of it, that's what she was into. <laughs> I don't recommend, I, that's not, I, I personally wouldn't do that. I know people who have done it successfully and it was very empowering. Mm-hmm. You know, vive la défense, do, do what you yeah. need to do. But you know, natural, unmedicated, whatever you want to call it, It's not dangerous unless it is dangerous, you know, unless it's dangerous for your mental health or your body, you know, whatever medical history or whatever life you've lived. It's a physiological process that works. It doesn't always work. And that's why, you know, Western medicine has been so fantastic because it saves lives and it saves babies' lives. We needn't approach unmedicated birth as something that's dangerous. No, not at all. And in a lot of ways, it's safer. So it's it's both down to all of it. I know. And it's each woman's journey. And I do think we have to learn sometimes the lessons we have to learn in this lifetime. And so do our children, you know? And yeah. And they have their own way. One thing that I think is really left out of the reproduction narrative is 
the fact that the baby's participating. Yeah, exactly. And that the baby is an intelligent being, sentient, that's already been on the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, some, some people don't consider the baby's existence as real until it's born. But no, the baby has been going around the world with whoever's carrying that baby and being exposed to their life, their emotional chemistry. Um, it's been eating food from its environment. Like that baby has been on earth and they have been influenced and affected by their environment already. And, you know, let's just say, you know, I always believe that babies come in with a projection you know, they choose their parents, they come in with a projection. The amount of times I've just seen such undeniable change within a family once a baby's come, I have so much respect for them because they are such powerful transformers, you know, because, you know, adults, God bless them, but they don't really behave very well. And, um, you know, I, I, I talk about adult privilege quite a lot where they know the rules of the game and they, they play, they play, they, they're cheating sometimes. Mm -hmm. They don't play it fair and square. Um, and, uh, you know, that's up to them, but babies come in and they, they totally transform people's lives because suddenly the parents are choosing to transform in the name of love. Yeah. It's worth it for them finally mm -hmm. to kind of give up the bad habits, whatever, like lifestyle habits or go pro yeah. instead of being like YOLO and, and stop the the generations of trauma too, you know, like a lot of times it takes a woman to become pregnant to say, okay, that, that patterning of my grandmother or my great grandmother, or my great, great grandmother, that I want that to stop with me now. So my child doesn't have to take that on. Exactly. And I mean, it's kind of like you got skin in the game now because a lot of times we don't want to do the work to change, you know? It's so easy not to. And so when we have this beautiful godlike presence, and I think the spirit of babies is magic and it is alchemical and there's so much to it that really allows for change and abundance. Truly. They transform their environment. They put, you know, because it's parenthood is all about leading from example, mm -hmm. leading by example. You know, children are extremely intuitive. You can't really hide anything from a child, especially before the age of 11. They pick up on any unspoken word you think you are and you're not no you They're think you're hiding it, yeah. you think nope. you're hiding your secret nah the okay. kid knows mm -hmm. and and not only are they absorbing your secret but they're absorbing the fact that you're keeping it a secret mm -hmm. so they're absorbing the taboo or the shame that you have around whatever it is that you're hiding from them and that creates a sort of shadow where maybe they don't feel safe at home mm -hmm. or they start to sort of feel insecure in themselves because, you know, the person that's supposed to be creating safety and truth around them isn't doing, isn't being honest exactly about what, you know, whatever it is that they're up to. And even if it's to us benign, if you're doing an action and then saying another thing that is creating such deep ruts of mistrust. Yeah. And I see it a lot with technology. It's so interesting. People are like, my kids aren't going to be on iPads. My kids aren't going to be on their phone, you know, but then they're on their phone all day. Yeah. And it's literally like saying, don't smoke, it's bad for you while smoking. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, we have to trust children. There's, you know, a difference between age appropriate, mm -hmm. exposing them to things when, when it's age appropriate and wording things in a way that they can understand to the level of which they can understand but also educating them about the realities of life and just being like, like my mom, I'm so grateful. She, you know, she never had sugar in the house when we were growing up. And um, with the only, the only sweets we had was fruit leather, like dried mm -hmm. fruit leather and the pan de licorice stuff. And I remember when I was growing, I would literally like crawl into the candy, well, we call them sweeties, the sweetie cupboard, like crawl in there looking for like a crumb because mm -hmm. <laughs> I was growing and my body was like craving the short, the biggest shortcut of sugar I could get. And so I was forced to go into the fridge and choose an apple, choose a mango, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm so grateful she always educated us about the kind of deceit mm -hmm. of fast food. But I do think that's so important with everything with children is allowing them to have ownership to know what's right for their own body. Like I raised my oldest one as a vegan the first two years. Well, not vegan, vegetarian, because she had raw milk. But then when she could talk, like her favorite food was lamb chops, you know? <laughs> and like, she'll tell me now, like she, she will tell us like, daddy, I need you to grill me a steak. Like I need that this week. 
Cool. And that's okay with me because I she needs to know what's right for her body. And yeah. who am I to say, honestly? I mean, we get the high-grade meat. But one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, though, that you brought up earlier is this notion of protection and defending the family unit. And it doesn't have to be cookie cutter, mom, dad, kids. It can be whatever the family is, but how crucial it really is to honor that unit and support it. And I think we both do that through our work. Um, but even just what you were just saying, it, it hit on how there is so much noise out there and there is this aspect of motherhood and parenting that is so difficult in looking outside, looking at what others are doing, the peers are doing. Do I let her do that because she really wants it and all her friends are doing it? And that's where that responsibility really comes into play. Like what is our intuition? What is our mother's gut telling us? What are our morals and our ethics and how can we protect our children? Because my daughter is now 10, which I cannot believe she just turned 10. And we have this conversation a lot because I say to her, Once you see things, once you hear things, you can't unknow them. And I want you to stay young and innocent as long as you can. And she gets it. And she's like, me too, mommy. I don't want to see TikTok. I don't want to see Instagram. I don't want to see these things. Because she doesn't want to be stressed. Yeah, she doesn't want to be stressed out. And she knows like it's stuff she doesn't need to be seeing. But that's also, it takes a lot of diligence and it takes a lot of steering the ship. And I like friends, for instance, or I love the mom friend, but I don't think the kid is that great an influence. Like I have to make hard choices. And that is where parenting really is hardcore right now because there's so much fear mongering and anxiety inducing information, misinformation, tons of junk out there. And I really would, I would just like to hear from you how you do that in your work. And, and that can lead into the other part of the conversation of just what is the importance of really doubling down and protecting the family unit. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the family unit. The family unit is a party that will always have my vote, no matter what happens. (laughs) And um, I think it can look however you want it to make, and that's the beauty of it, is you design it yourself. And it can be one man and his dog, but it's home. It's about belonging. It's about that feeling of belonging and being safe, which I think is you know, part of being a human, it's part of being with your tribe. And it's not, that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone there is like left wing, vegan, right, and only wears blue clothes. Like there can be diversity within that. And hopefully there is diversity within that container, that safe, beautiful container. Call me old fashioned, but I'm a big fan of marriage. And I think... You know, a marriage isn't a failure if it ends in divorce. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very brave and I really respect commitment. And I think that when you commit to something completely and fully, Mother Nature knows and she'll give you a big fat oomph behind you. And I know that because when I have committed to something and not even a person, sometimes it's a creative endeavor, it's unstoppable because you've committed, you've clicked in you're not leaking any energy. You get this kind of oomph from mother nature. But you know, you don't necessarily, some people don't like marriage because they think it's a trap or some sort of legal thing that, you know, is all about money or whatever story you want to tell yourself. I mean, whatever reality is real for you. But, um, you know, I'm a big fan of it. Even though I was married before and I ended up in divorce. And even though I'm from a family who my parents both divorced, you know, I don't see that as a failure because my parents came together to create myself and my two brothers. But yeah, it's supposed to be a nest, not a prison where everyone that's in the nest can fly free and return safely and belong and be warm Mm -hmm. and snuggle together, share resources and laugh and play and be creative and be accepted yeah it's supposed to be i say the family unit is a um is a petri dish you know it's a kind of a a kind of place that breeds either toxicity or really really good friendly bacteria Mm -hmm. depending on how you take care of it and you know a, a relationship it's two people coming together and then the relationship is a third entity And you have to take care of it. You have to water it like a garden. It won't take care of itself. You have to show up. You have to participate. I always say, you know, one plus one equals two. That's that's two people doing the work. Mm -hmm. If it's one plus zero, 
that equals one. One yeah. person doing the job for two people. It's an art. It's not for everyone. Some people don't need to do it. Some people do. I have cancer rising. I have five planets in the fourth house. I'm a big family unit person and I respect it. And I have worked for people who have had really hard time postpartum and I've just said to them hold on go to therapy take care of this take care of this garden that you're creating you know people go through peaks and valleys in their relationship it's not it doesn't mean that it it's worth quitting obviously if there's abuse or addiction it can be that's a different yeah. story and if you change beyond what anything in the realm of possibilities that can be really hard too, you know, that you didn't know you're signing up for. Like sometimes the, the bravest and the best thing for everyone involved is to not be married anymore. Totally. That's, that's beautiful and that's empowering. But I do think someone told me this early in my marriage, like there'll be good years and bad years. And I'm a commitment phobe. So I was like, <laughs> that is the worst thing I've ever heard. And it is actually true because you go through, I mean, maybe not every marriage, Maybe some just float through, but like, it also depends on your karmic. I mean, I believe a lot of different things, but like the karmic things you came to learn through relationship, you know, it is the greatest spiritual practice, marriage, like long-term partnership. I mean, you go through so many different phases and then when you introduce children in, I mean, it's, it's wild. It truly is wild. And I love that image because we don't need to be leaking more energy. And I do think there is that solidification of the family unit and maybe it's not all unicorns and romance all the time but there is that safe home nest vibe truly and I really found it when I had my second kid I, it was like oh I, like all the little Tetris pieces like fit together when I really thought it was I was a one and doneer you know and then it's magical Goldie completed it which was so interesting I love that I've seen it in postpartum how important it is to have a community around you. So I say this to, to people all the time when I'm working with them, but there are two superfoods for families that aren't really talked about seriously enough. One of them is privacy. And, you know, children are like soft-boiled eggs. You need to give them privacy when they're practicing, when they're learning to be grown-ups. Because they're going to fall over, they're going to make a mistake, they're going to misbehave. Do you want to public shame them? Do you want everyone to know about your marital issues? Do you really want anyone to know whether your child is circumcised or not? Like, that's very intimate. It's very it's intimate. Sacred. It's so sacred. And I always say to people, you know, we live in a very judgy world. And like, it's, it's, I forget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I forget. That, that oftentimes when you're telling someone something personal, that's the first place sometimes the listener goes to. Mm -hmm is judging you and you don't want to expose yourself to that when you're becoming a new parent because you're learning the ropes and especially the first time it's it's a steep learning curve so there's only certain things you need to share keep it sacred keep it private I'm not the biggest fan of putting photographs of children on the internet like mm -hmm. I know you're on house arrest and no judgment you do you you know you have a you have an insta famous family if that's what you want personally I wouldn't put pictures of my kids on the internet just because there's so many weirdos out there mm -hmm. and also it's kind of protecting their identity and you don't know where the internet really is going and you kind of want to protect their name and their birthday and their star sign and their blood type private mm -hmm. just out of basic identity Respect, theft yeah. as yeah. well you know they might be a really private person and they might be really sensitive also and so you just kind of want to leave as much space for them to have their own freedom of privacy as you can. And then the other thing is community, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. I think I read somewhere the other day that a woman needs an average five other women around her. And that and made sense to that. me. We're not getting anywhere close to that. Especially not in this country because it's so big. I just see too many women struggling and I just see that motherhood has almost become a privilege because so many people can't afford it. And they can't afford to be the mother that, that they want to be because they'd have to give up their work and their partner doesn't earn enough or whatever that is. And that's really sad to me because motherhood is a sacred art. And I personally think that when you see a mother coming or anyone that's given birth, you roll out the red carpet, mm -hmm. you offer them a glass of water, a cup of tea, you give them the best chair that you can find and you ask her about her day and ask her if she needs anything and it's especially in this culture I just have to remind my clients all the time babies don't want a perfect mother 
they want a, a, a mother who understands the human experience and that can meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. Yeah. And there's no such thing as perfection anyway in life. You know, there yeah. are perfect moments. Yeah. And but, there's no one way to do anything. Yeah. And each baby has different needs. You know, each baby is unique. When did we start treating babies like they were robots yeah. i mean that's what i want to know i'm like they are unpredictable by nature they are really and that's what makes them fun is they're so spontaneous they're so in their bodies and they're so good at failing you know they fall over and they get back up again they don't care they are so good at expressing themselves they're so good at living out loud they're so good at just being alive and that's why I like hanging out with them because they inspire me amen and also I think that's something that I'm sure you've seen in your work I've definitely seen in mine and maybe it's also in LA where there is so much stress on doing it perfectly and we have all the resources and all the baby books and all the things that it's like women are not allowing themselves to slow down enough to enjoy postpartum like your first 40 days can be the most magical, love-filled honeymoon of your life. Mm-hmm. And we're like freaking out because we don't think we're doing it right. And then our baby's on a schedule yet. And it's just, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking because we haven't been modeled what that looks like. For anyone wanting to delve a bit deeper into their own inner journey, I have a few spots left this coming fall for one-on-one mother-of-the-mother coaching. So if this is something that you have been thinking about or maybe kind of don't know if it's the right fit or on the fence about, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. You can email me hello at motherthemother.com for a free mother love breakthrough call where we can just see where you are, where you're wanting to go, what the season of your life looks like right now and how I might be able to support you through this time. And Also, you can work with me via Mom Club. This is our monthly membership. You can find more information about that on the link tree in my bio on Instagram at Mother the Mother. And this is a beautiful container where we show up in our authenticity exactly how we are working with different themes each month. There are two live or recorded calls, and there's also a new moon circle option for you as well. And As you can see in my show notes, I'm always big into treating yourself. So you can look for my codes for Organifi. You get a 15% off with every purchase. And then also with this is needed for any prenatal, postnatal, and motherhood nutrition supplements. They've got a great collagen protein powder I love. That's thisisneeded.com and you get 20% off that with my code. So check out the show notes and I'm here for you. We are walking this path together. I do this work because I feel called to, and I wish that I had had someone doing this for me. It can be so isolating. So please reach out if you have any questions, feedback, if you'd like to work together. I'm here. Sending love. This isn't a formula. It's not black and white. It's not rigid. You know, the woman's process, I like to say, like Dorothy on the on the yellow brick road, who's like my spirit animal. And, you know, we live in the Milky Way, which is a spiral. We're literally in a galaxy named after breast milk. It's matriarchal powerhouse that's moving in a spiral shape. So can you give yourself that kindness and that patience mm-hmm. and that compassion to just be on the journey and experience it and be with yourself and... I think it's easier said than done for some people because, you know, some people are very cerebral and detail-oriented. They want to know every last detail. But the beauty of the feminine process and the beauty of childbirth and the magic of reproduction is that it is a mystery and it's supposed to be a mystery. And I even asked a midwife the other day, I was like, how many tons of energy is created by the uterus when it's trying to push out a baby? And she was like, oh, it's impossible to measure that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I would love to know that. Mm -hmm. Humans are always trying to like peek behind the veil, know everything and find some sense of security in that knowledge. And actually, you know, mother nature is bigger than you. Surrender into her arms. Allow yourself to have this spiritual deep dive into self and knowing really who you are and who this creature is, who this 
baby that's growing inside of you, this soul that's coming earthside. It's the most magical mystery tour. Yeah. And it's be incredible. Present. Be present with yeah. yourself. You know, it's like how to balance, you know, the mind and the body. Because it's, you know, as above, so below. They both have their place. And we need to be teaching our kids that, you know, like that is one of the greatest gifts that I'm learning and I've learned from birth and postpartum and motherhood is to rewild myself and being brave enough to stand in the truth for you. It really is a very poignant time to step into your bravery because our children need us more than ever now. And it's a huge responsibility and it's also where we are and we signed up for this. So how are we going to actually show up? If there's anything you want to shout out to the mothers out there, what's what's something that's on your heart? I believe in you. Together we rise. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for asking me to come again. Of course. Sending love out to all of you. Jema. Jema.